Hello, you're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. Sponsored by Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award-winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, and I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Uh, Now, I've got a very special guest joining us today uh, for this podcast episode. His name is Ross Hill. He's a British voiceover artist, uh, and he's based in Peterborough in the UK. Um, Now, he has been a voiceover artist for five years now, um, working with lots of different clients, including BMW and Fitness First. And in a really short space of time, He has created a very strong brand for himself, uh, working with thousands of companies worldwide from his home studio booth. Uh, Welcome, Ross. Hi, great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. No worries. Um, now, I, I know you've got a really interesting story. We'll get into that because it's, you know, you've, you've, Come on to come into voiceovers and you you're absolutely smashing it, which is really exciting. Um, so how did you how did you get into voice acting? So it was a little bit of a strange one to me, probably a little bit different to a lot of people. Um, in that um, the way I always describe it is, I, I kind of started on the other side of the glass. Um, in that I spent a lot of years hiring voiceover artists. Um, so I kind of trained and, and developed my career as a designer and animator. Um, and kind of found myself in London working predominantly in the broadcast industry. So I worked for um, Sky TV for a long time, um, kind of creating ads over there and hiring voiceover artists to, to voice those spots for, for, for lots of different things. And it was something I was kind of always interested in, something I was kind of gravitated towards in terms of hiring the right people and, and kind of working with sound engineers and music and all that kind of thing. I then kind of moved on um, to work for a couple of smaller ad agencies where, again, we were hiring lots of people um, to do that job for lots of different things. And yeah, I don't know, kind of five, six years ago, uh, one day just kind of popped into my head, why don't I do that? Um, And kind of started by recording some of the kind of dummy voiceovers in the office for work we were doing. 
and then hiring people to kind of do the professional job as it were. Um, but then kind of, you know, realized that there was maybe a space for me to get into sort of doing some of the lower end work. Um, so set myself up with a really basic studio at home, uh, kind of USB mic, little kind of shield, things like that, you know, just to get a kind of half decent sound. Um, and realized that one of the places that I could um, sort of just get hold of scripts and get hold of jobs um, to do really cheap uh, and really quickly was on Fiverr. So set up a profile on there. And I mean, literally day one was, was kind of getting jobs. Money was kind of not even a thought in my head, to be honest, because it was kind of, you know, I'd place myself as the absolute cheapest you could be on there. And my only goal was to get scripts and get recording and kind of just improve my delivery, improve my technique, improve my um, studio at home and kind of grow it. And um, that's kind of where I've been for the last um, sort of five years, really. Um, I've kind of been in and out of Fiverr and been to different kind of P2P sites as well, um, done kind of private stuff as well in, in the last couple of years. Um, but Fiverr has always been a bit of a home that I've always gone back to and kind of managed to find a little niche on there where actually I can make the work viable um, kind of financially as well. Um, I think it's got a bit of a reputation of being that kind of cheaper end of the market, and it certainly still is. Um, but um, kind of given the right experience and given the right kind of input, um, you know, like I say, carved a little, a little niche in there that's working quite well for myself. Okay, so this is interesting because I know there are a lot of people who are going to be listening to this. And <gasps> like he said, the F word. Yeah. Um, and in in the voiceover industry, you know, Fiverr is you know can be deemed as a swear word. Yep. Uh, you know, it's it's really you know ruffled the you know it's upset the apple cart. A lot of people are very angry about people voice actors who go on Fiverr. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting. You've kind of just gone straight in and you've told us that's where you get your work from. Yeah. Um, so so you started on Fiverr and mm -hmm. and you know that's that get that like okay you know got to start out. But you're you're still you're still on Fiverr. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, every day and and you know. Like I said at the start, it was incredibly cheap work, and and could immediately see why anyone would, that was kind of you know busting a gut in the industry would see that as why are you doing that for that amount of money, um, or you know that amount of kind of stress or or that low quality work, and I kind of got that. But like I say, for me, it was it wasn't how much I was earning. It wasn't particularly about the level of clients that I was working for. It was about getting a volume of scripts and being able to develop myself as an artist. So that that was the, the kind of sole reason that I did that, with almost the expectation that I would then move away from that. Um, you know that that would have served its purpose, and I'd kind of move on to bigger and better things. Um, the big the big turning point for me actually was so as I mentioned, I, I still now today kind of work as a creative director at a, uh, an ad agency, um, and I hired a professional artist, really well renowned artist um to to voice a job for us and then i uh, kind of hired him through his website spoke to him on the phone did the recording everything and a week or so later found him on fiverr and i kind of thought okay that's strange like the you know i, I didn't realize voiceover artists of that caliber were working on fiverr profiles as well so i spoke to him about it and um and he told me the same sort of things that i say now about how how fiverr was actually a really great platform for him and and created a, a really good sort of base of work um, that was kind of you know, really good, steady income that he would use and then kind of work on top of that on other things. And he became a bit of a mentor for me, actually, on Fiverr, um, helped me kind of build my profile, raise my level of prices and, and sort of gain the kind of next levels of accreditation on the site. 
Um, and I still speak to him about that a lot now. Um, and like I say, you know, he's, he's done a very similar thing to me and he, he's working with some of the top agencies, top brands in the country uh, as a re- really well-respected actor and voiceover artist. Um, so I think he kind of gave me that confidence that, you know what, it's not just a platform for someone that's bought a cheap mic and got it set up in their basement. It's, it's for real voiceover artists that are doing really credible work. It's, Again, it's the- I can feel the audience going, <gasps> yeah, yeah. what is he saying? And there's part of me that's going, but I have heard your story. So I do, you know, but it is, it is kind of, it, yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting one to, to hear. And, mm-hmm. and this is a fascinating story of, because now you don't, you don't charge five pounds for your voice. Not at all. No, not at all. No, um, I mean, um, you, we could get kind of lots of stats and stuff on um, kind of average price orders and stuff. Um, you know, the absolute minimum um, is, I mean, strangely, it works in US dollars because um, it's kind of very international, but the absolute minimum um, that I'll do anything is 50 US dollars, but that might be you know, like a 25 word kind of um, IVR or something like that. Most stuff I do is, is kind of, um between 100 and 150 dollars for a a kind of one to two minute script something like that um but then there's lots of different kind of add-ons if they want to use um sort of broadcast rights and things like that that'll be additional um if they want um kind of multiple versions multiple reads revisions things like that they all become additional and you kind of build a bit of a package for yourself um where yeah no i'm I'm never doing stuff for five dollars it's um you know it's far and above that so when you say a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars, so so are you charging that and then adding on to that? So that would like that would probably be an average order um, with with kind of everything on it. But like I say, that would only be a sort of one to two minute script. There's been stuff I've done on there for over a thousand dollars. You know that might be you know a, a sort of ten minute instructional film for someone that's a much longer recording and edit. But um, sort of average order, yeah, somewhere around that sort of hundred to one hundred and fifty dollar mark. But what I found is the great thing is built having built my kind of studio at home which i know a lot of people have now and i've invested good money into that i've i've kind of built a really good um an efficient system where i can kind of turn these around pretty quickly to what i think is a, is a fairly high standard and you know th- they might only be a hundred dollars but i could quite easily do 10 of them a day um if the orders came in and sometimes they do come in that that frequently and really consistently with really minimal marketing or you know kind of um outreach from myself you know my kind of profiles out there and essentially the work just comes in um you know I'm, I'm not spending hours or days or weeks on kind of email campaigns reaching out to people chasing clients invoices all those kinds of things the only time i'm spending on the site is recording editing and delivering stuff um which you know becomes quite effective actually it's volume what, work, but yeah. it can become quite effective and what would you say to people who are saying that uh i mean so are you are you are you working do you feel you're working to industry rates no no absolutely not and 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 i know that because that's the other side of my career um like i say i work as a i'm a creative director at an advertising agency and you know we hire people um where you know the average you know for sort of explain the video stuff that we tend to do is around the sort of 250 300 pounds per script mark for a sort of one to two minute edit something like that more if we're kind of uh, using paid media or anything like that but um and, and i'm certainly below that and i know that i do do a bit of that as well so I don't only work on Fiverr. Um, I, I definitely kind of work outside of that, you know, with other clients that I've kind of built relationships with. But um, but yeah, the stuff that I do on Fiverr definitely would, would is below industry rates, hundred percent. 
So would you, I mean, because the argument is that that people who are on Fiverr who are, you know, charging less than the industry rate are kind of bringing the, you know, the rates down. Mm-hmm. What, what are your my my argument that? to that would be there has to be, there has to be flexibility. There has to be a rate for other people. You know, I don't think it's fair to be saying that, you know, somebody who's creating a marketing campaign, a video, uh, a YouTube channel that doesn't have 300 pounds to spend on a one minute video they're putting out there doesn't deserve to have a voiceover. Um, I think there should be a service for those people. And I think people that pitch themselves at, you know, at that industry rate level, as long as they have the confidence that they're delivering a service that their cost is worthy of and that they're getting enough work, then I struggle to see why they would feel negatively towards someone that's kind of picking up that lower work because those those lower clients are never going to they're never going to pay three five hundred a thousand pounds for that voiceover so it's providing a service to that lower end of the market which i think deserves to be there interesting but yeah there's so many things that i've got going through my (laughs) head yeah because i you know i often say to people that if you if you charge a low rate then it's very difficult to then go up from that. So, you know, and it's a confidence thing as well. So I, my my thing for you is you should be charging more. And and can you charge more on Fiverr? Can you go 100%. on Fiverr and, and, and say, you know, it's £250 minimum? 100%. Yeah, there's absolutely okay. there's absolutely no ceiling. It's um it's a kind of one way. Um, you know, Fiverr aren't involved at any point. Um, they're kind of you have your you have your profile, you have your platform. Um, it's it's like Google AdWords. Essentially, you're setting an algorithm in terms of who they serve up to anybody searching based on search terms for what they want. There's filters for different artists, but as soon as you're connected with that person, either they can place an order through the site and say, right, here's the kind of price list I want that, and the order literally comes through. Or they can send you a direct message and say, hey, this is my script. Can you send me an offer for this? And that's probably like 90% of it. Normally, it's they'll send me a script and say, how much for this? And then it's up to me to kind of build a price for that. And that's based on word count. It's based on how fast they want it delivered. So I'll charge more if they want it done in 24 hours or 12 hours as opposed to you know a standard three-day turnaround. I'll charge more if they want a live-directed session. Um, we'll obviously charge more um, for usage rights if it's you know being used for radio tv things like that so the whole kind of package of stuff and i'll just basically build up an offer and say this is the offer um, they then have a choice obviously to, to sort of go ahead with that or not but fiverr then don't intervene at any point so like i said there's absolutely no ceiling to that you know there's nothing to stop me saying yeah right that one minute script is 500 dollars um you know it's unlikely to fly um with a lot of clients on there but um but yeah there's that you know that's that's absolutely down to that relationship between myself and the person that's got in touch. Okay, this is very interesting. What we're going to do, we're going to carry on talking, but we are just going to take a short break to hear from our amazing sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Apogee, Hindenburg, Source Elements, and Focusrite. Source Elements, pioneers in remote recording since 2005. Whether you're narrating lines for films, audiobooks, animation or video games with source connect you will deliver remote voiceover takes in the highest quality and in perfect sync over the internet this podcast is brought to you by focusrite vocaster focusrite's recording interfaces have already helped make more recordings than any other ever now with vocaster 
it has never been so simple to get the best sounding podcast with auto gain, enhance, and easy start tool. All the things you need to get recording. Vocaster is the easiest way to set up your show. Find out more at focusrite.com or search Vocaster. Tell the world. This podcast was sponsored by Apogee, your audio solution. When it comes to home studios, Apogee is on the cutting edge, providing excellence in every area. They creatively think outside the box to create solutions for all the day-to-day problems faced by voiceover artists. And finally, Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Okay, so we're back and I'm talking to Ross about working as a voice actor on Fiverr, which is very controversial in the voiceover world. And uh, I know a lot of, it's, you know, gets a lot of people riled up and, and very excited. Um, now, the thing about Fiverr is, and, and I guess it, it's similar to the fact that, you know, Uber isn't going anywhere, Airbnb isn't going anywhere, and Fiverr isn't going anywhere. So... I guess the, 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 the discussion is, you know, what, what, what do voice actors do? Do they, you know, run away screaming and say, uh, don't talk about it. Don't, you know, don't look at it. Just pretend it's not there. Or do we turn around and go, okay, there is this platform, which is, I mean, massive and has huge, you know, SEO and, you know, it's got incredible kind of power to embrace it and say okay well let's let's be on it and make sure that they that we we push the rates up i mean i i think one thing like i say having worked on and still working on both sides i think you'd be amazed how many people are on there um i i think you know there are very few artists that we hire commercially directly that aren't on fiverr um you know i, I can only, like really only think of a few you know, we'll work with them directly um, through my ad agency um, just because it's a bit of a better way of working, having the personal contact. But um, most most of them are on Fiverr. Um, and I don't know whether that's kind of a, a sort of that, that like FOMO kind of fear of missing out on some of that work. I think you'll find a lot of those people will be on there, but set their rates sort of, you know, pretty high for the site. So they'll probably be getting less orders than than somebody would be doing, you know, charging the the kind of mid mid to high level rates that I am for the site. But I think it's um, you know, I I fully understand why people are scared of it. I fully understand why people are annoyed by it. There's other P2P sites that I've used that I think don't serve the industry very well, and I've shied away from. Yeah, Fiverr just isn't one of them. Um, I, I think it gets a bad name because of where it came from as, as a service, but I think it's grown an incredible amount over the last few years and, and actually offers a really good service to people that deserve a good service. It's really, really interesting. And that's so, honestly, it's so fascinating for me because I, I'm not on Fiverr and, you know, I, you know, lots of people I've been around so many voice actors who are just horrified by Fiverr and you just don't talk about it. Yeah, um, cool. So that, that to me is so interesting that you're saying, 
most of the voiceover artists you know are on Fiverr, yeah. um, but they're just setting their rates. And so that's that's an interesting thing that I didn't even know because, you know, to me, you know, Fiverr is it's voice actors on there charging five dollars for yeah. a voiceover but it's not and i think that's really interesting and i think that they are they are on there and in all honesty you know they are on there they okay. don't pick up many orders and you know they won't show if you go on there now and search for you know on a, a british male voiceover artist normally i'll come up on the first page there'll probably a hundred pages and once you get kind of even three four pages in you are down to those people that you know are on a USB mic. They are, you know, they haven't got an, a proper studio. They're doing it off a laptop. They haven't kind of, you know, invested any money in it. But there are that top few pages of, of guys that are taking it really, really seriously. Fiverr also introduced, uh, I think it was about a year ago now, they introduced Fiverr Pro and Fiverr Business, which is a service whereby you can only search for accredited um, voiceover artists. And now that is an accreditation that Fiverr do themselves. But it is actually really thorough and, and very difficult, actually, to get a Fiverr Pro accreditation. And if you look at those, I mean, starting rates are you know minimum $300 for any script on Fiverr Pro. So volume is a lot, lot lower, but rates are much more in line with the industry. Well, that, that, makes, that makes me happier um, to hear that. And, and so, uh, but Fiverr don't get involved in any advice in terms of 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 rates and, and things Not like that do they no they have like um so for guys that are kind of doing well and like i say there's a handful i would say of us that have kind of at the sort of level that i'm working at they have they have these things called seller success managers um and they will kind of help you with your marketing on the platform as it were so in terms of how you're setting your profile um, and how to kind of keep your profile at the top of their kind of fiber algorithm to make sure you know you're served to the maximum amount of customers but they will never get involved with how much you're looking to charge or, or charging um customers no that's always a, a, a kind of artist to client discussion interesting yeah it's it's fascinating to kind of hear because i feel like yeah, this is this. I'm learning a lot, um, and it's you know opening my eyes to to the the world of Fiverr. And I can I can tell. I know there are lots of people who are going to be listening to this, going, "What? I can't <laughs> believe this is you know on the Voiceover Hour podcast." But um, you know, we we want to expand, and uh, you know, we want to provide all of our listeners with useful information. And I think that this really is you know we're tackling a, a really interesting subject and. So do you mind if I put a couple of questions to you on, on the kind of yeah. concrete? So I would say, so, um, say someone like myself that's kind of decided, right, I want to get into the voiceover industry. I've kind mm -hmm. of seen the other side of it. I really want to get into it. I think I've got a voice that kind of can be used well in the industry. Um, I, I think I can grow and do well. How would you, so someone brand new, has got absolutely no clients, no setup, nothing. How would you tell them to get into the industry? So training straight away training mm -hmm. training training that's that's the number one thing uh, i would say come get involved with the voiceover network uh we do yeah. lots of courses on helping people and on helping you know the marketing side of voiceovers so mm -hmm. yes you know the the you know the overview of kind of understanding the industry and it's really really important to understand you know the industry that you're coming into i you know i help people with their vocal training and understanding direction and how to use their voice and how to look after their voice, um, home studio help and support and the marketing side of things, which is something that I, I am, 
I love the marketing side of being a voice actor. I came yeah. into the industry over 20 years ago when there was no help and support. There was no training. There was no advice. It was, you had to get an agent. Uh, you didn't have a home studio. And, you know, we, we had CDs and there was no social media. It was a very strange world. It's <laughs> very yeah. different uh, to now. And I had to really kind of make it up as I went along and I didn't get an agent. I was rejected, rejected, rejected again and again and again, and I didn't give up. And so I then decided, okay, fine, I'm going to go out there and start getting my own work. And so I went, you know, around the agents and went and started approaching production companies and getting my own work. Uh, and then got an agent and, and started having success. And then, and so what happened with me was that I realized that I didn't understand the business side of being a voice actor so i could do you know i could get in the studio and do the job but i was going through this massive feast and famine and uh realized that it was the business side that i didn't understand so then went and threw myself into that and learned a lot about marketing and then absolutely loved it and started you know doing direct marketing campaigns and pring uh, and and getting my own clients and building my crm and realized that voice actors that's not something that a lot of voice actors understand or know about yeah we get into voiceovers because you know we love to do voiceovers and and that's so often the case in 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 lots of businesses people get into business the business because that's that's the thing that they love to do and yeah. and then the business and the marketing side is not something that they ever studied or understood and and so i i you know my big thing is people, I, I coach people and, and tell people to go there and find your own work. Uh, yeah. Yes, I love agents. So all the agents that are listening, please know I love you. Uh, <laughs> and I do think, you know, agents are fantastic and very important in the industry. But I, I believe that people can get work themselves by building their own CRM list by directly contacting people. And in terms of, sorry, it's a bit of a long-winded no, um, no, really uh, answer. But when, when you know, I have people starting out, I say to them, you know, reach, you get on Google, sit down and start building your contacts list and yeah. reach out to local production companies, uh, local telephone on hold companies, local uh, radio uh, community radio station and and start doing it that way. So you build, because, you know, my big thing is you've got to build relationships and, sure. and, it, you know, pay to play sites, things like Fiverr, you know, they, they, they are a kind of, they are sort of a quick fix, but are, you know, I'm a big believer in, in building your own contacts list and, and sort of being in charge of, of where you want your career to go instead of waiting for jobs to come to you. So yeah. you kind of go out there and, and pursue. So it's like, if you want to be doing audiobooks, then just, you know, go down that route. If it's video games, okay, go down that route and start, you know, contacting video game production companies. If it's, you know, e-learning then, but I, uh, you know, so, so that, so that I, you know, I, I very much, and everyone listening, that's, that's, you know, I do believe there is, um, a lot of power in that as well, yeah. but it is interesting to, you know, to be, you know, thinking, you know, and I, you know, gosh, how, you know, to be on Fiverr and to have a, a I mean, and uh, so for you in terms of, you know, SEO and stuff like that, I mean, when people search voiceover artists, Fiverr comes up, right? It would do, yeah. I mean, I have my own website as well. Um, you know, yeah. um, I, I don't kind of um, spend an awful lot of time on kind of marketing or SEO through that site. Um, I 
use it as a, a place to to send people when I do have personal, like I, say, I do have personal contracts with other people. So I use that as well. Fiverr do kind of come up when people search, but I, I think the vast majority is individuals or companies that just yeah. know on Fiverr and that, that's where the work comes from. They go to Fiverr and then they use that internal search system to then find the person that they want. One thing that I think I think is really different to Fiverr, like I said, I've used other P2P sites as well. Yeah. Three or four different ones, at least. The one thing I liked about Fiverr was the um, not needing to audition nearly as much to get work. One thing I think with, with um, I used voices.com for a little while um, and had a little bit of success on there, but started to read more about why people really didn't like voices.com. And I very quickly became very aligned with them. And that's probably from someone who kind of, you know, everyone else is probably listening to and hating on a little bit for being on Fiverr is maybe a little bit of a breath of fresh air that I agree with people that dislike voices.com. But that is a really frustrating site because, you know, I'd find myself auditioning for 50, 60 jobs to win one, you know, and, and every time up against hundreds of other artists for a job that may or may not even be real, may or may not even get paid, you know, so found that a really frustrating site. Um, you know, actually had a couple of really good wins out of it, a couple of really high profile clients, but like time invested in getting a job versus how much I was actually doing kind of was pretty ridiculous. So gave up on that one fairly quickly. Voices one, two, three, I used for a little while, um, just found the kind of volume of work too small. For me, like I say, and slightly in parallel to your journey that you just sort of explained, Fiverr for me or joining Fiverr was, there wasn't a lot of thought behind it. It was, I want to read some scripts and I I just want to get into it. I just want to start. And I've kind of always been of that mind of kind of, um, you know, you can plan and plan and plan, but I like to just kind of step into something and start doing it and grow as opposed to kind of overthinking too much and, and kind of over planning. And that's why Fiverr was great for me. I signed up on Fiverr and I had a script the very first day for a real person. Granted, very low end, very low client, very low expectations. Um, but I had someone that sent me a script and wanted a recording. And if I listen back to that recording now, I'd absolutely cringe at the quality of it. But that's nice to see how I've used the Fiverr platform to grow myself over the years. To a point where now I really can sell my service at industry rates. And I do sell my service at industry rates you know, to people that are happy to pay that. And Fiverr has allowed me to do that by, by you know, giving me that volume of jobs and, and sort of training on the job, as it were. And do you feel like you have to educate, well, that you are educating clients on on Fiverr in terms of, you know, Sometimes, why they need to pay? Um, yeah, I mean, Fiverr's really good. Like, it definitely protects the seller um, as opposed to the buyer. If a job comes in and it's unreasonable or, you know, the script is so horrifically written and they won't take advice on kind of um, proofreading or if it comes to bad translations, um, if they're being unreasonable on feedback, things like that, sellers are really well protected. So you can quite easily cancel a job. Um, and if, if they've already paid, there's a kind of whole kind of... Um, process of deciding how that money split who it goes to whether if the work's been done it stays with the seller if it's not at all then it goes back to the buyer that kind of thing but the sellers are really well protected so that side of things you know makes you feel quite comfortable but there there is undoubtedly a lot of work that will come my way that is kind of like say unsuitable um you know it might be someone that comes that's had a script translated through google translate and actually they you know when they message me they don't even speak english you know they're kind of using google translate to message you that things like that you kind of learn quite quickly um that okay this probably isn't a client for me and i can kind of politely decline but that's something that you know you just kind of learn over the years of being on there really client management on there's a huge thing 
I do my best to be really responsive to clients. Like, uh, you know, there's an app for Fiverr. So if someone messaged me with a request, it will come through to my phone or wherever I am. I'll kind of see that message. I can shoot them back a message instantly and say, hey, I'll take a look at this in an hour. And, you know, I can send you an offer or, you know, I, or you can place an order kind of thing. So it make it, it's where, where I said earlier that kind of like there isn't an awful lot of marketing to do because kind of Fiverr does that part of the job pretty well for you. Client management is, is actually a huge part of it. And I think that's where I've been so successful, actually, is kind of my experience of managing clients myself through my own sort of main career. That's really helped me to grow my client base on Fiverr. Return buyers as well on Fiverr is a huge thing. I've got some really great return buyers that come back to me kind of week after week, month after month um, with really regular work uh, at decent prices. Wow. Fascinating. It really is. Yeah, really interesting. And so in terms of, of where you go to, to find out, I mean, obviously you've got the background that you, that you work as a, you know, you work behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. you're, you know, in the casting side of things, but so you, you know, the rates that, that should be. Yeah. Um, okay. And then anyone who's, who's listening, you know, in terms of rate cards, I would recommend the GVAA rate card. That's the one that I recommend because they're, they've got a fantastic rate card. So, um, wonderful. And so, yeah, just, just in terms of like, how does that work, you know, with your, so you're still, you're still in the advertising agency? Yeah. So agency? I, I, um, I'm a creative director at a small advertising agency. We produce filmed and animated content. You know, I, the guys that I work with there, you know, it's kind of fully, you know, they know I do my voiceover work as well. I produce voiceovers in our studio actually there as well. So it's kind of, it's been a, it was a bit of a side hustle for me to start with the voiceover stuff, but then I've kind of been lucky enough that I've been able to kind of bring the two worlds together a little bit and kind of run both side by side. Awesome. Awesome. And just, yeah, I mean, we, this is, it's been fascinating and it's really, you know, it's really interesting to talk to you. And, um, I think a lot of people, you know, it's, it's opened a lot of people's eyes who, mm. uh, uh, and ears who are listening, um, to, you know, an alternative way to get voiceover work. Um, so just, yeah, I mean, yeah, do you have a kind of final word for those who maybe are still yeah, listening definitely. to this going, like, oh, don't use privates. <laughs> it's, it's ruining the world. A hundred percent. And, and, and I think the main thing I'd say is I completely understand where that comes from, you know, especially if you're somebody that's kind of given your life to the voiceover industry. Um, and and has seen or has been in that world while this massive change has started to happen. You mentioned earlier, like uh, it's no different to being a taxi driver when Uber came around or a hotelier when uh, Airbnb came around. Um, it's scary and it's, um, you know, I guess it feels a little threatening. Um, I, I think my takeaway from it all, like being on both sides, would be that. I've managed to make it work for me. You know, financially, it works for me in terms of how much time I put into it and how much money I get back from it. It works really well for me. And from a client's point of view, I feel like there are a lot of people out there producing worthy content that don't have the budgets that can stretch to you know fully professional services. And I feel like there is a space for them. And, and why not be someone that can help them raise the level of their content at a level that they can afford and that works for me. I guess that would be my takeaway. Awesome. And there are there are clients who have got, you know, industry standard rates going to Fiverr who are paying, you know, proper money. And, and are you booking ads and things via Fiverr or is it more corporate stuff? Um, and so we don't, I don't tend to book a lot of stuff through Fiverr, like every now and then we will. I kind of try and keep my two worlds a little bit separate. 
Um, and I guess that comes from, I was doing uh, sort of booking voiceover artists a long time before I was doing voiceover work. So I built a bit of a network of artists that I just work with regularly anyway. Like I say, a lot of them work on five and hours well, actually, funnily enough. But in that kind of world, when I'm working for my ad agency, it works a little bit better to have those email to email, invoice to invoice kind of personal relationships, which is one of the main reasons why, you know, I I don't want to kind of, you know, sound like someone that kind of um, shouting for Fiverr, but then not using it to buy through. Um, I guess some people might find that a little bit weird, but I'm kind of, I I really think there is a place for both sides. I, I think there's lots of work out there for professional voiceover artists who are charging industry rates. And I think there's also a lot of work out there for people like myself that are happy to work at a bit of a lower rate for people that don't have that budget. So I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of uh, working both sides of the fence, I guess. Fascinating. Fascinating. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Ross. It's been, it, yeah, it's been eye-opening for me. Um, and, you know, here at the VoiceOver Network, and I, you know, I'm on a mission to help support and strengthen the voiceover industry. And I think in sharing information and in communicating we have to talk, we have to come together, we have to talk about rates, we have to talk about the different pay-to-play sites, what's going on, and um, and yeah, so thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, Season 3, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, with special sponsors, Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and focus right. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind the scenes stories in the voiceover industry.